Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, How to Use Video to Become Known as an Expert in Your Field, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest. Chelly Campbell is the creator of the popular financial stress reduction and author of The Wealthy Spirit, Zero to Zillionaire, and From Worry to Wealthy, published by Sourcebooks, Inc., she is one of Marcy Shimoff's Happy 100 in her New York Times bestseller, Happy for No Reason, and contributed stories to Jack Canfield's recent books, You've Got to Read This Book, and Life Lessons from Chicken Soup for the Soul. She is prominently quoted as a financial expert in the Los Angeles Times, Red Book, Family Circle, Pink, Good Housekeeping, Lifetime, Essence, Women's World, and more than 50 popular books. For a free copy of her fabulous 14 Abundance Affirmations, visit her website, www.chelly.com. So welcome, Chelly, to the show. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much, Candy. I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, what I wanted to have you do first is just start out by giving a little bit of background on yourself and what led you to actually start teaching the Financial Stress Reduction Workshop. Thank you. These stories are always so interesting. It's one of the first things I always start with people. Like, why are you doing what you're doing now? How did that come to be? What did you do before? So just the short capitalized version is all through high school and college, all I wanted to do was sing and dance for a living. Mm. So I studied drama. I went to UC Santa Barbara, and I was a classmate of Michael Douglas. Oh, wow. I know, we did a show together. How fun. Yeah, the funny thing was that I saw him interviewed on Inside the Actors Studio. And they always ask questions about their early days. And he talked about being at Santa Barbara. And he showed some pictures from the shows. And I'm in one of them. (laughs) That's awesome. I know, that's so funny. So I came to Hollywood to be a star. And that didn't happen. (laughs) I did work I was a working actor for a while excuse me and uh, you know I did summer stock in Oregon and dinner theater in Texas and I worked at Disney a lot and I think what got me out of show business was doing five shows a day five days a week for nine months out Mm. at Disneyland that's a lot I had never been that bored in my entire life you know, it, it's good for like two weeks and you go, I'm a working actor and my friends were jealous. And then I said, oh, I can't grind out another one of these shows. Oh, my God. Because, you know, it wasn't Shakespeare we were doing. So uh, then I took secretarial jobs in between acting jobs and I was supposed to be on this one job for two weeks and I was there for four years because they kept promoting me, and they promoted me into office manager and put me in charge of all the money. And I went, uh, you guys, you know, I don't know anything about that. And they said, eh, you're a smart cookie. We'll teach you. You'll learn it. I went, well, okay, because I, I have a friend who says when I'm about to take a risk, I consider the downside. If it's not death, I do it. Which I, I think is a real good thing to do. I mean, go for it. Take a chance. Why not? Because if I try it, I, ha- I figure I have a 50-50 shot of making it work. But if I don't try, I have a zero shot at making it work. So, 
But finance is so different than what you were doing. So how is it that you ended up in finance and teaching people how to reduce their financial stress? So what happened after this job was where I was handling all the money, I discovered that I had a skill for it, that I could see it. And I thought it was just common sense. But no, Mm -hmm. it's a skill set that some people have it and some people don't. And we're not taught financial literacy in our school system. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that don't know what's going on with the money. That's true. Which I discovered when um, I showed up to interview for a job to manage a small bookkeeping service, and they hired me. And then I saw, well, it was just me and one other guy and a bunch of clients, and I thought, well, this is going to be a dead end if I just sit here and do books all day. But if I get good at getting clients and I can hire a whole bunch of bookkeepers to do that, then I could do marketing and sales and PR and be out in front of people and give speeches. And I like that idea better. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And I hired more people. And the people that owned the business gave me a 20% ownership stake. Oh, nice. And that was what really turned my mind on to business ownership. I had never really thought about it. But because I had hired three more people and got a bunch of more clients that year, they said to me, you act like an owner and we think you should be one. So well, I know I was, was going to say a miracle. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, well, I, I know you had talked about the say, story so, of your life. Could you talk about that? How does the story of your life affect your finances? Yes. Okay, here's the story of your life. Just to jump to that, as, um, after doing the bookkeeping service, uh, I started explaining about money to my clients, and three in the same week said, you should teach this. And that's when I started teaching. That's when I, I saw that people didn't know about money. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I had learned and studied, because I'm an avid reader and I take workshops, is that how you think about things matters. You have to think positive instead of negative. Because if you think negatively, you're not going to take the shot at some. No, I can't do that. I'm not even going to try. Or you see a job posting for a promotion. Oh, I don't have enough skills and talents for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is different for men and women, by the way. Because a man will have 60% of it and he'll go for it. And a woman has to have 95 if she even applies. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your class, and we all, I think I'm losing. all have good things in that story and bad things. We have successes and we have failures. Right. Successes and failures. Okay. Yes, we all have those and okay. we all hope to be successful. We have if when you're going to take a chance and go meet with somebody that going to hire you or get a new client or whatever, it's, it'd be a problem because you're not focused on is where you're good and where you grow, then you're going to take the chance. I think what we're going to try to do is actually I go to break early. Because we're having a connection issue. So we're going to go to commercial, and hopefully when we come back, we'll have a better connection. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at aban. 
www.ndp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Shelly Campbell told us about her background and started to tell us a story of how your life impacts your finances. So let's continue our discussion about money management and profitability. So, uh, Shelly, can you uh, tell us what's the number one thing people in business need to be doing that they aren't? Budget. B-U-D-G-E-T. <laughs> I say it stands for baby, you deserve getting everything. Nice. But maybe not all today, right? Right. So I At teach least... people to do low, medium, and high budget. It's not that complicated, but first of all, most people don't budget at all. They do what I call checkbook financing. Mm-hmm. So if there's money in the bank, they spend it, and then they forget that the water heater replacement is due in two weeks or taxes are due in six months. So checkbook financing doesn't work. What works is having a written budget, but... Just living on the budget of today is not good because sometimes that can be depressing to people, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why they don't budget. They're afraid the budget is going to tell them what they can't spend and that they can't live on the lifestyle that they've gotten accustomed to or that they want to become accustomed to. So I say just make your budget real. Make it what's coming in every month and what are your expenses going out. And what is the net difference? You're either in the red, losing money, or in the black, making money. Right. So then if you have to go on low budget, like somebody in the household loses a job, or you have additional expenses, or you're saving on a house or whatever, then what you need to do is go on low budget. So with low budget, you just cut out thing that isn't really necessary like maybe you decide to grow your hair longer instead of having to get it cut every six weeks or uh, maybe you only go to the psychotherapist once every two weeks instead of four times a week whatever it is you need to switch you need to switch it up you don't buy clothes this month stuff like that right so now you've got low budget and you've got medium budget And some people's medium budget, whatever it is that's so right now, is low budget, and they can't go lower. So everybody really needs to spend some time with high budget. And I don't hear accountants and uh, financial planners really talking about that much. Mm. And what I say this is, is this is your goal budget. When your business is really kicking with with gas, or when you've got that job that you've always wanted and you're making more money, what are you going to spend it on? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a plan to spend it, you won't have a plan to make it. Right. So even if you've got plenty of money, you're rolling in money, you're a billionaire, a millionaire, 
maybe you want to have some gifts that you want to give. You want to be donating to charities and stuff like that. Make that part of high budget. Uh, funding college educations. Make that part of high budget. Along with having the, the luxury car that you always wanted in the great house and the good clothes. You know, <laughs> and the travel. There's still more things you could do. Mm-hmm. So make that high budget. And that's the one you want to keep in front of you. Not when you're paying your bills, but when you're dreaming. When you're looking at, how can I fix this business or how can I get the next promotion? So you start making your high budget a reality. The first time I ever played with that, when I had the idea for it, I invented a high budget, and I was on it four months later. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised at how well it works, because it's a motivator. You start thinking, okay, what's another thing I could do to bring in more dollars? Mm -hmm. That's true. it's fun, too. Well, once they budget, you know, then we have, you know, some other things that could potentially cause you know, keep them from making the money they want. So what is the trap that business owners actually fall into that keeps them from making more money? Well, there's a lot of traps, of course, but the one that comes to mind right now is not charging enough for your service. Mm-hmm. I had a client who was in the legal field, and uh, she worked with a lot of attorneys. And she, I've been knowing her for 20 years, her and her husband, And they were in their 60s now and wanting to really put a lot of money away for retirement. And I said, well, by the way, what are you charging? And she was charging $3.50 an hour. And I said, is that the going rate today? When was the last time you raised your rates? She said, well, I don't really know. And I know that I haven't raised my rates in a long time. Mm -hmm. I said, well, go do the research and call me back. So she calls me back the next day. She goes, okay, I found out that the going rate in my industry now is $550 an hour, Mm. and I haven't raised my rates in nine years. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a lot. Well, I think, I don't know if you are finding this, but I think there's two reasons why that happens sometimes, too. And one of them is I think sometimes we don't necessarily think – we can easily raise those rates because there's going to be pushback, you know, from the customers Mm -hmm. or things like that, you know, or number two, someone has said, maybe you had a prospect and, you know, you talk to them and like, oh, that's, that's too much. I don't want to pay for that. So then we're doubting necessarily what our pricing maybe should be. And it's just, you know, we have to have confidence and I'm, I'm the same way sometimes, you know, but we have to have confidence that the service we're offering is valuable and is worth, you know, being paid for. Absolutely, and I'll tell you a couple of things. One of my mentors early on, Patty DeDominic, who's a multi-million dollar businesses, and um, she said to me, I was talking about raising the price of my bookkeeping service, and I was nervous about it, and she says, whenever you're going to raise your prices, raise them a lot, <laughs> because people will complain about it if it's $5 or $25. Mm-hmm. And you'll lose some people, but you'll work fewer hours and make the same money working for the people who stayed, and then you'll accumulate better clients who have more money who think your fees are just totally fine. Right. So the problem is when you have a group of clients, you're comfortable with the price and they're comfortable with the price, and now you're going to stretch and you're going to raise your price well, all these current customers don't want to see a raise in price, so there's pushback, right? Mm. But right. the new client is maybe going to go, oh, is that all? That's a perfect price. I'm happy to pay that. Right. So another was... one of my mentors said, if 40% of your clients aren't complaining about the price, you're not charging enough. I was just going to say, I'd been told at one point, too, if you're not getting no's, you know, and almost everyone who's coming to you is signing on, then probably your pricing is too low. So that's a good point. And then do some research. Find out, you know, what's the top of the line person in your industry? Okay, well, I'm a workshop leader. So when I started my workshops, Tony Robbins had an infomercial running 24-7 on cable. Well, I read about him and I looked at his pricing. He charges a million dollars a year for private coaching. 
Oh, I said, well, anything I charge this less than a million dollars a year is a bargain. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. So what are the telltale signs that someone would be in trouble with their money management? Uh, telltale sign is the bill comes in and you can't pay it. Mm-hmm. Or you have a whole lot of circular credit card debt and you but one credit card to pay the next credit card, and that, that's a telltale. And people know, when they're in financial trouble, they know. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to know, so they don't look, and they don't look at their bank statement. Right. And a lot of people that are really smart people and doing fine financially don't keep a running balance that's worth anything either. But now we have online banking. It's so easy. It's going to tell you. But the problem is the online banking doesn't know about the checks you wrote this morning and put in the right. mail this afternoon. Right. That's what I was going to say. Or those auto say, charges. I have this. <laughs> yeah, but they right. don't know about the check you just wrote for $5,000. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. And that's why I try to tell people, too, it's like you really have to watch. You can't just assume you can log in and look at the bank and know what you have because if you have auto payments set up or you just, you know, ran your credit card through a POS machine and it hasn't posted yet. So you have to plan, you know, leave yourself enough of a cushion to realize, you know, there's less money in the bank than what it shows. Um, Or on the opposite side, maybe you made a big deposit, but it hasn't quite posted or you don't have the full finances. So it's never exactly, you know, what you have in the bank, what is showing, you know, so to really be careful. What I tell people to do is I know there's lots of programs. There's Mint.com and there's this and that and there's QuickBooks and Quicken and all of it. I'm telling you, it's just like online calendars to me. I still mm-hmm. use my paper day runner. Sorry, but it's open on my desk. I can see the whole week at a glance. It keeps me from overscheduling. And I can't look at just today. I have to look at the week. And then I have a monthly. I can look at the monthly. When I go in to change an appointment, it takes me half a second. I right. cross it out one place and write it in in another place. It takes no time. If I happen to have to open up a computer program and type it in, we're talking 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spend that kind of time on this stuff. So with budgeting, I'm the same way. I have an Excel spreadsheet. Sorry, but that's how I roll. Yeah, it's old data, but so what? New doesn't necessarily mean more efficient or more time efficient. So what I do is on my Excel program, I have all my regular money in, what's expected, and I have the money out by budget. That's my budget, money in, Mm -hmm. money out. And then as I go through the month, getting money in and paying bills, I log them in. It takes a minute to log in a couple of payments. And then the Excel spreadsheet automatically calculates everything, So I have my balance. So then when I go, you know, once every couple of weeks to check online with the bank, then I say, well, what hasn't cleared yet that they don't know about, I take that out, and then our numbers should match. Right, exactly. But for ongoing day-to-day budget and cash flow, I'm looking at Excel spreadsheet every time. Well, and that works, too, especially, you know, for someone maybe they're not as comfortable with software I tell yeah. people a lot of times, too, Excel is a great thing that you can use to put the data in there. And like you said, if you know how to create the formulas, you can have it total things for you. And yeah, uh, so it's it's a good step instead of just, you know, thinking, oh, I know what, you know, how much I spent the last couple of days. It's in my head and I'm going to you know, oh, yeah. adjust. Oh, it. that mm-hmm. never works because there's always something you forgot. Right. Exactly. So when someone's in their own business, obviously there's a lot to do. So how can someone keep from being overwhelmed while still creating a life um, that they Uh want to live and enjoy? Yes, creating a life while creating a living. And we go out of balance all the time on these things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I let people know you've got to be giving time and attention to your relationship. Otherwise, you're not going to have a relationship, you know? It's right. going to disappear on you if you don't give it some time and fun and put some love in the mix. I remember one of my mentors said to me when I was working late at the office, and he was working late too, and he said, well, I'm going home. I said, 
I want to go home too, but man, there's still so much to do. He said, Shelly, work will expand to fill the time you're willing to devote to it. At some <laughs> point, you just have to say that's enough and go home. Mm-hmm. I never forgot that. And I started saying, okay, what do I have to get done? Can't be done any other day. It has to get done today. And I'd make that list. And then I'd have a secondary list of the things that could be done if I had extra time. Mm-hmm. And I tried to schedule my days to not be all-consuming. Now, this took some work because I was a workaholic type of person all through school. You know, I was taking 19 units and then three shows and a dance company. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I drove myself nuts. But as I got older, I started saying, why are you running so ragged, you know? They invited me to be president of uh, one of my networking groups, and I said, no thanks. And they said... <laughs> Why? You'd be a great president. And I said, yes, I know. Well, then why won't you do it? I said, because I've been president of every club I ever belonged (laughs) to since I was 12. And at some point, it's enough already. Let somebody else have the opportunity. I don't have to be the one in front of the room all the time. Mm -hmm. So I started choosing my spots. I want to be in the front of the room here. I want to do it there. And then other times I just want to sit back and enjoy the company and enjoy watching somebody else work. Right. I think it's hard because I am one of these, it's very achievement oriented too. I took that strengths finders test and achievement is my number one thing too. So I think sometimes I feel like I need to be accomplishing something and Uh sometimes just, you know, taking time off is hard. And so I'm training myself too to just be like, you know what, it's okay to not be doing something right now. I can read a book or I can just, you know, have time with friends. But I think sometimes it's a personality thing too, you know. Well, even more than that, it is a personality. There are certain people that are type AAA that want to achieve. And I was certainly that. I've met people in my life who said, well, how did you know what you wanted to be when you grow up? I said, I always had an idea of what I wanted to do. I changed my ideas, but I always wanted to be something and do something. And and this one guy looked at me and he said, I just never really knew what I wanted. Well, mm. pick anything. That's what I tell people when they go, well, I don't know what I should be doing. I go, well, what would be fun and what would be action-oriented and what would make your life dreamy? Um, pick anything. It could be the wrong guess. See, people want to make the perfect choice. And you can't make the perfect choice from where you're at, usually. You just Mm -hmm. have to make a choice. Any choice will work. It gets you out onto the road experiencing things, seeing other choices and other experiences that you could be having. And then you can do them if you choose or pass that by. It's like if you're sitting in your car in Dallas, and you're going, I wonder if I should go to New York, or maybe San Francisco would be great. Well, you could spend your whole life sitting in Dallas dreaming about New York and San Francisco, but never going there. At some point, you have to put the pedal to the metal and drive, and maybe you say, okay, flip a coin, okay, New York, and you head for New York, and on the route, you drive through Nashville, and you go, well, Nashville's pretty cool. I never even thought about it. You might live your whole life in Nashville and be perfectly happy, never ever having gotten to New York. Right. You won't know unless you try something. Unless you try. So that's what I always tell people. Pick a goal, any goal. It doesn't have to be right. It just has to make you go. So what are the three rules for business time management that would ensure profitability? Okay, I have three rules. One. Do what makes money first. Two is do what makes money soon. And three is do what makes money later. But in any case, be doing the stuff that makes money. Right. It's like administrivia bogs everybody down, and we want to have the perfect paper, you know, and all the social media posts and all of that. The money isn't in that stuff. A woman sent me this morning, sent me a two-page outline of who she was, how she got involved in her industry, and what the benefits of her industry were, and she said, could you tell me why I've never made a single sale from this document? And I said, oh, honey, documents don't sell. 
Mm-hmm. Your business card doesn't sell. Your brochure doesn't sell. Your website doesn't sell either. What sells right. is you. And mm-hmm. people have to know you, see you, watch you, talk to you. Now, there's some really great advertising out there that can make people investigate, and some people will buy from that, but it's a very small percentage. The big percentage of people buy from you because they like you, they trust you, they believe in you, and they think you care about them. You cannot express how much you care about them through a letter or a pamphlet or a brochure. Mm -hmm. You have to be talking to a person. Right. So I built my business just from networking, going out and meeting people and talking with people and calling them up later. Mm -hmm. Saying, hi, tell me more about you. How can I refer you business? Who are you looking for? And And building relationships. What you're doing and how are you doing it and what made you decide to do that? And you know what? I had a guy, there was a guy in my office once years ago. And I was making what I call gold calls and not cold calls. I was calling up warm calls, people that I had met already. And uh, he was making cold calls. I could tell, hi, I'm so-and-so, and And he would introduce himself. I think he was selling real estate. And he finally, I was having a high time just enjoying talking to these people. Well, just was glad to meet you at the meeting, happy to know you, and and some of those people were saying, well, tell me about that workshop you do. And I would tell them. And some of those people said, well, I would like to take that. And they'd sign up. So mm-hmm. he, this guy picks his head around the corner and he goes, I hear you're making sales calls. I said, yes, you're doing it too. He says, yeah. But he said, you, you sound like you're really having a good time. And like, I said, yes, I really am. It's funny. He goes, well, how do you do that? I said, well, you got to call people and... And talked to him. He said, but you sound like you really care about him. I said, yeah, there's a trick to that. He said, <laughs> what? I said, I really do care. Mm, that's it really important. Helps if you care about people, then you can call them and find out, how can I help you? Sometimes the help that I can give is referring them to somebody else. Because they right. don't need what I have. But when they meet somebody who needs what I have, they're going to refer them. Well, it looks like we have time for one more question before we go to break. Uh, So what are the negative ideas people have about money, and how did they get them? Well, financial literacy isn't taught in our school system, so people will make it up. This is one of those things you're supposed to learn at home. But if your parents don't know how money works, they can't teach you. So the negative ideas come because people haven't been taught how to have useful, good, creative, wonderful, happy ideas about money. They have money is the root of all evil. Uh, The love of money is a terrible thing. Rich people are greedy and bad. Um, Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for the money. All of this puts a whole lot of negative, you-can't-have-it ideas in your head about money that it's hard to get it, you have to lie, cheat, and steal to get it. Um, People who have it, it corrupts them. You know, none of that is true. Mm -hmm. What's true is whatever you think money is going to do for you is what's so. So if you say, I'm going to do good with money, I'm going to have a rich, wonderful, loving relationship with my money, every time you pay a bill, you're helping somebody. You're enriching a business owner who made it their business to sell you this car or this computer or that dress or that pair of shoes. You're mm-hmm. helping a whole lot of people every time you put, put some money out there. So you've got to do it with love and blessing. How about that for a concept? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so uh, it looks like it's probably about time to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Chelly Campbell as we discuss budgeting. If you have a question, please call 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. From the boardroom to you. 
Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Shelly Campbell on the topic of finances. Are there any questions? You can call in at 866 472 5790. That's 866 866- Four seven two five seven nine zero. In the meantime, let's find out a bit more information from Chelly. So, Chelly, you divide people into three groups: dolphins, sharks, and tuna. How do you distinguish them? Ah, yes, I made this up. There are like, as I went through life, I found there were people that I really got along with and people that I really didn't get along with. So I started saying, "There's my people and not my people." And that was sort of working for a while, and I thought, well, there are some people that are really great and wonderful, and some of the not-my-people, I thought, were sharks. So I called my people dolphins. I had read a book years ago called Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive, and I was kind of feeling depressed and eaten alive because I had some angry bosses who were like screamers and yellers, if you've ever worked for people like that. Oh, my God. Mm. So I read this book and trying to figure it out so I could do better. And um, by the end of the book, I said, but why swim with sharks if you can swim with dolphins? Mm -hmm. Why don't I look for a dolphin boss who screaming and yelling isn't part of their makeup? So I kind of had that two distinct groups, sharks and dolphins. But then I saw a lot of people weren't either one. They weren't wonderful people, and they weren't bad people. They were just sort of hanging out. So I called them the tuna. Mm. So dolphins oh. are friendly. They swim in schools. They've been, they look like they're smiling, and they're gorgeous, and they are tough, too. They know how to ward off shark attacks and protect other fish in the sea. And sharks are just eating machines. They see the whole world as food. It's not personal. They're not setting out to hurt you. They just want all your money, <laughs> mm. for example. So, so the sharks are more, like you're saying, more, I mean, I understand like the personality side, but in terms of all the finance side, it's more like they're trying to take your resources rather than more collaborative. They, yes. They want it all, okay? Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, the billionaires that don't pay living wages to their employees. 
because they want it all. Mm-hmm. Why should they help somebody else who wasn't as smart as them or as good as them? Well, that's a theory, but the whole world doesn't work very well that way. And eventually, with that kind of a scenario, it gets so stark and bad that you get the French Revolution. Right. Did you know right. it was actually the women of Paris who started the French Revolution? I probably learned about it, but didn't remember that fact. <laughs> yeah. There was a famine. They could, the price of bread went sky high. They couldn't get enough to feed their families. And they said, mm-hmm. and there's the king and queen dripping in jewelry and eating off the hog. And Marie Antoinette saying, let him eat cake. And they got mad and they marched on Versailles and they took the king and queen prisoner and took him back to Paris. And that was the beginning. Makes sense because as moms, we're happens. protective. Yeah. It happened the same thing with the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, where they, they captured the Tsar and his family and murdered them and set up communism. Mm-hmm. The, the large numbers of people will rise up if you make it bad enough for them. But what if we just had a different model, not communism, where it's all everybody has the same equal? That doesn't work either. Because mm-hmm. I've seen it in my workshops. The people that do the best in the class are when they can afford it, but it pinches them a little. So they're going to show up to class, and they're going to do the work, and they're going to do what I tell them to do. They're listening. They want right. to make it work. They paid a lot of money to make it happen. Right, and they want to get the benefit. Right. But the person whose father paid for it because they're broken and they need fixing, that person comes and hangs out and laughs at my jokes, doesn't do any of the work. Hmm. Because they don't have any skin in the game, right? Right, right. So you have to find that middle path, which is always the hardest one to find. You know, how much is too much to give somebody before they stop working? Right. And yet how much is too little that they don't have any motivation to work because they'll never get there? Mm-hmm. That's a good so point. So you always want to give them just enough. And and. There are people that don't believe in sharing at all. Well, I worked hard, and if you worked hard, you could have it too. Well, no. People are not equal, and people don't have equal opportunity. This is the land where we're supposed to have equal opportunity, but it it is not so. And we're constantly working at trying to achieve that middle ground where people have enough opportunity and the means to make things happen. That those who want to work can do it. Those type A people like you and me who want (laughs) to achieve can have the possibility to really be able to achieve instead of having so many things working against them. So what is the rule of three for handling windfall or bonus money? Oh, this is good. I learned this from a a financial professional who was a, a financial planner named Gail Campbell. No relation. (laughs) <laughs> and I had gotten an insurance, a uh, big sum of money. I had been in a bad accident. The other guy was at fault. So I got a bunch of money all at once. And I went, ooh, I could go play and have a good time right now. And I, uh, that didn't feel responsible. <laughs> oh, I could pay off a bunch of debt. But that just changed the number on a piece of paper. It didn't mm-hmm. really make a difference to my life. And, uh, or I could save it all, which would be another responsible thing. But again, that doesn't give me any juice today. So I called up Gail and I said, what should I do? And she said, well, there's the rule of three. I said, there's a rule? Tell me. She says, well, you take a third of it, put it towards the past and pay off debt. You take a third of it, put it towards the future and save it. And you take a third of it and have a good time in the present. Well, I got to feel responsible on both levels and have a good time. That was for <laughs> me. So I shared that with everybody. That's a good way to think about it, too, for sure. So then you could still enjoy some of it. But like you said, you're planning for your future or taking care of yeah. some things that are a bit over your head. So besides earning more or spending less, what can people do to improve their finances? Okay, so there's earn more money, spend less money, or get creative. Find another way to get what you want. Like, I'll tell this story. Um, A friend of mine named Paris was a masseuse and a physical therapist. 
and she wanted to go on a vacation to Australia. It was a burning desire, but she didn't really have the money. She was kind of on low budget at the moment. So she invented a positive affirmation. I totally believe in positive thinking. Her affirmation was, I now receive free first-class travel and accommodations all around the world. Nice. And I love that. So she called me up to tell me this story. She was saying the affirmation for a couple of months. And uh, a woman that she knew was in the travel industry had a big family, gave all her discounts to them. She got a coupon in the mail, and she said, Paris, I, I, we've been friends a long time, and I got this coupon, and I always give them to my family, but for some reason I thought of you. So here's this coupon, and it was good for free airfare any place in the world, round trip. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so she was really happy thinking she created this out of the blue, and she was telling a couple of people, and this guy says, well, where are you going to stay in Australia? She says, ah, I don't have that piece yet. He said, well, actually, I own a condo in Sydney. It's been rented for the last five years to a wonderful family, but they just moved out. I have Hmm. a new family moving in, but not for a month. So it's empty right now, and I was really thinking about hiring somebody to house it. If you want to go and stay in it for free, just turn on the lights and water the plants, you can have it. (laughs) He says, sold. (laughs) <laughs> so she went That's to Australia awesome. for three weeks with free airfare, free accommodations, and spent about $200 on incidentals. Wow. That's a fabulous vacation. <laughs> Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. So I've heard more people have these kinds of experiences from just saying, okay, a creative way is going to sign up. Mm-hmm. Something is going to happen. I want... I keep a running list of things that aren't on my budget, but I want them, like maybe a new computer or or I want a vacation. It's not on my monthly budget. And one time I got a tax bill I wasn't expecting. I remember it was 800 bucks, and I go, well, okay, I got to create 800 bucks from someplace. And three weeks later, I got a letter in the mail from a bank. It was about a real estate deal that had closed two and a half years before. And they had done an audit and realized that I was owed some money from the escrow. And enclosed was a check for $806. (laughs) Nice. I kid you not. We create more than we believe. Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. hard work to do in the physical world. Yeah, we got to show up. But there's that magical other thing. Now, some people want to just do the magical other thing and just do positive affirmations. You know, people love to give me money. That's my favorite. But you can't just sit on your couch and go, people love to give me money. People give you money for producing something or offering a product or a service that they want to buy. Mm -hmm. So I tell people that just want to do affirmations, I go, well, how many affirmations would you have to say in front of a piano before you could play it? Mm, yeah, well, go, that oh. would be difficult. <laughs> yeah, that, affirmations alone are not going to do it. Affirmations are going to make you think it's possible if I take lessons, learn to read music, study hard, and practice every day, then I'll be able to play. But there's that learning curve and that practice that you've got to put in. Right. Well, I know you have your program that you offer. I wanted to let you, you know, share your offer with the listeners in case there's anyone who is feeling they want to participate with you. So can you give details on your program? Yes, I'd love to. My program, again, it's two hours a week for eight weeks. It's on the phone, so you can call in from anywhere. It's listed on my website as $4,000. I have an early bird discount. $3,000. But if you call me and say you heard about me on the Candy Messer show, I will give it to you for an old 20-year-old price of $2,500. Now, I give a money-back guarantee that you will be better off financially, you will be happy at the end of this class, or I'm going to return all your money. There aren't a lot of people that will offer that, but I do. I want you to feel comfortable that this is the real deal. Right, that's a fabulous guarantee. So can you tell us how listeners can connect with you if you have any social media handles or, of course, your website? Everything. I'm all over the Internet, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Facebook and everywhere else. 
And all you have to do is know the spelling of my first name, which is Chelly, C-H-E-L-L-I-E. My website is Chelly.com. My email is Chelly at Chelly.com. So once you've got my name, C-H-E-L-L-I-E, I am gettable. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Any last tip you want to share? We have just about a minute or so before I have to close. But if you have a final tip uh, for our listeners, uh, let me hear what you have to say. Okay. The final tip is you got to start Stop thinking negatively about money and start thinking proactively and positively. And you have to do it by rote because you've got all of that stuff in there. Money is the root of all evil. It's already there. And when somebody says money, your mind goes there. So you have to retrain your brain. You can get my three fabulous 14 affirmations on my website, Chelly.com. Just sign it up. It'll tell you how to use them. It'll give them to you. And they're powerful. I've had people change their life just from doing these 14 affirmations. And it seems weird, but it changes the way you think. It changes how you view opportunity. It's like it starts with people love to give me money. And the next one is something wonderful is happening to me today. I can feel it. And you've got to feel it. And all of these different chemicals go oozing through your brain and into your body that makes you ready to get up and go and discover riches everywhere you go. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Shelly, so much for joining me today. And I appreciate all of the listeners for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about how you can reduce your financial stress. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Chelly at any of the links she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is Know the New California Sexual Harassment Training Regulations. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember that you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.